You know, for the last nine weeks, we've driven down this driveway with the sign up there that says, Jesus is the answer for everything. And you know, today we're gonna wrap up this whole series addressing just that. Is Jesus really the answer for everything? And you know what, today I believe, and I'm gonna tell you up front, that today's gonna be a day of victory for you, Today's gonna be a day of ministry for you. Today's gonna be a day of overcoming for you that we're gonna do things a little bit differently today because we want you to have an encounter with the living God today because that's what transforms is that encounter with who Christ is. And so as we look at Colossians, that's where we're heading. But before we get there, I just wanna give you two two announcements to kind of set the stage of you know, what's happening here at the church, then we're gonna pray, then we're gonna look at the word, and then we're gonna have a chance to have some ministry time here, okay? So first of all, um, if you thought today was Marvel Day, it's not. The, Jesus, the real life at the movies, I mean, Superman's here, but um, see, it was a lot funnier at eight o'clock. The delivery was a little bit off, but Next week, for the next four weeks, we're going to go through uh, some Marvel movies, and this is a great invite opportunity for you, where people are going to be like, wait, I'm going to look at Iron Man and Spider-Man? No, no, we're going to look at Christ, but we're going to use that as our vehicle to get there. It sounds weird, but come see what God's going to do. It's going to be pretty awesome. Second thing, serve day is coming up on July 14th. And you know, for me, this is uh, one year as your outreach pastor. And the thing I'm most excited about is what is happening here locally. You know, internationally, there's some great things, but serve day is really a core of it. So on that day, we have four opportunities for our church to get outside the walls and to begin to love our neighbors and serve our neighbors. So our four projects this year, we're gonna do the foster family picnic, which is gonna be right here. And we already have about 200 people signed up to attend it. Then our partner school, Trentwood Elementary, um, one way that we get to serve them is that they want some painting done at their school. Um, A third project, Otis Orchards Elementary, which just happens to be right across the street from our campus that we are launching in September. Uh, They have a bunch of projects they want done. And then the fourth one, Grayson House, which ministers to teen moms, uh, has a bunch of outside projects. And these projects are designed for kids, adults, grandparents, singles, families, community groups. We want you to be involved in that. And you can sign up right outside the doors, take a right at our feature booth, and just give us your information and one of our team leads uh, will follow up with you. And that's on July 14th for just a few hours in the morning, okay? So, um, you know, as we look at Colossians, this question about Jesus is the answer for everything, the idea of the supremacy and sufficiency of Christ. You know, for me, oftentimes when I open up God's word, this picture of this woman haunts me a little bit. And about seven years ago, I was up in Northeast China in this town called Anshan, and we're visiting this woman. She's probably in her mid seventies. You'll see a picture of her uh, up here behind me. And you know, we're talking with her, thinking we're going to serve her and bless her. And as we start talking about Jesus, she just lights up. And she starts telling us a little bit of her story. And she goes, Mr. Steve, I am planting a church. And I'm I'm just like, 
I'm looking at this woman and I'm like, wait, you're one of the tens or hundreds of millions of Chinese people that live on less than a dollar a day and you literally have nothing. She has a disabled grandson she takes care of. That's her husband next to her. And they literally have no physical anything. And I said, so tell me about this church. She goes, oh, it's the most amazing thing. There's about 15 women that live in our neighborhood. They're all about my age. And none of them can read, though. So what we decided to do, she goes, I got a Bible that we meet as a group, and we read the Bible, and whatever it says to do, we've committed to go do that. And I was just floored. It's like, God, it really is that simple, isn't it? Whatever God's word says to do, go do. You know, as we looked at the, uh, the book of Joshua a few months ago, it says, don't just be a hearer of the word, but be a doer of the word. And so today, we're gonna put Colossians into practice with some first steps, okay? So let's pray, and then we're gonna open up the word and see what God has today. <sighs> Father, You like what Brad said. It's really about your power. It's your power that transforms. It's your power that's available to us. And Father, today I pray for this church, for these people, no matter what their story is, no matter what their hurt is, no matter what their background is, today, Lord, we pray, we plead with you that you would meet them personally. As we open up this word, God, this wouldn't just be another Sunday. This would be a Sunday that's life-changing. This would be the Sunday that we find victory in you, Lord. Father, we so want that. And I pray that you would just meet us here this morning, Lord. Open our eyes so that we could see. Open up our ears that we would hear. And open up our hearts so that you can work. And we just give you praise, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, we are in the book of Colossians, so towards the near, the, near the end of the New Testament. And this is a letter that Paul wrote um, uh, a couple, 2,000 years ago, roughly. And you know, at the end of it, in chapter four, you know, as we wrap up, you know, Paul starts talking about these different people. He starts talking about Demas and Onesimus and uh, Tychicus. And, you know, one of the guys is this guy named Epaphras. And Epaphras, you remember back on the first week when Dan was talking about the background of Colossians, this guy's kind of a go-between. But in Colossians 4, verse 12, this is what Paul writes. Epaphras, a member of your own fellowship and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends you his greetings. He always prays earnestly for you, asking God to make you strong and perfect, fully confident that you are following the whole will of God. And that's kind of where Paul wraps up. This guy's praying for you that you would be strong, that you would be perfect in how the Bible defines perfection. When Jesus says, be holy because I'm holy, he's not talking about being perfect in the world's eyes without blemish or mistake. He's talking about being perfect in his eyes, which comes through salvation on the cross. 
And you know, through, through this whole series on Colossians, there's really been four themes that, that we've been visiting over these eight weeks, okay? And, and these four themes, you know, there's a God that reconciles us. There's a God that rescues us. There's a God that renews us and a God that restores us. And so today we're gonna take just a couple minutes looking at each of those four and how does that connect to you? And this is gonna be a short message today. And then what we're gonna end with is a time where you can come forward and just do some business with God. To, to not just sit in your seat and go about your day, but to come up and to lay some things at the foot of the cross and to say, God, I can't do this anymore on my own. I need you. I need your power to begin to live this life and live it the way that you've designed it to be. You know, the, the first thing, you know, in Colossians is this idea that God reconciles us. You know, so often we want the horizontal things in our life to be in place, relationships and job and peace and those things. But if the vertical is not right, the horizontal is always gonna be off. And so in Colossians, you know, Paul starts with that. You gotta get right with who Christ is. You gotta establish this vertical relationships. In Colossians 1, verse 20, well, I'm actually gonna start in verse 19. Here's what it says. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross that God has made a way for you to be in right standing with him. And it comes at that point of salvation. In a room like this with several hundred people, I'm guessing there are many of you that do not have a personal relationship with Christ. It might make sense here, yeah, I believe this stuff, you know, but maybe you haven't made that 12-inch journey to say, God, I believe this. I wanna come to that point of salvation. Jesus died on the cross for your sin. You know, like uh, it says in 1 John, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Today is a day of salvation for you. If you have never put your faith in Christ, at the end of the service, you're gonna be invited to come up and do just that, to say, God, I am a sinner in need of a savior. And I want July 1st, 2018 to be a day of salvation for me. I want July 1st to be the day that everything changes because it's gonna change everything. It's gonna change your relationship. It's gonna change the way you think. It's gonna change the way you believe, the way you worship, because God wants that relationship with you. And nothing in your life is going to be more important than that day when you say, God, I surrender. I surrender to you, and I want to have that life that you promise. And so here in a few minutes, you're going to be given that opportunity to come forward and to say, God, I choose you. I choose you, because you are a God that reconciles. You know, the second thing in Colossians you know, Paul talks about the God that rescues. The God that rescues. And you know, if you look at Colossians 1 verse 11, or verse 13, you know, it says, for he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave us our sin. 
You know, for a lot of us that were believers, we still struggle. We struggle with strongholds and habits and hangups and things that we're saying, God, I just can't do this on my own. We carry hurts from years ago with us, but you know what, today there's a God that rescues. There's a God that's saying, I can take care of that. I can carry that burden. You know, we we have that burden on us and, and God just saying, would you just give that to me? Because I have done the work for you. You know, when Jesus died on the cross, he said seven things. The last thing is so important. He says three words. He says, it is finished. And I used to think, oh, that means his life is finished because then he, you know, he dies. That's not what the word means. What the word means, it's a Greek word called tetelestai. And it's, it's like a shopkeeper that you owe a debt to. And when you come to pay the debt, he stamps it to Telestai, paid in full. And that's the promise that God has. Your debt has been paid in full. Your hurt has been paid in full. You don't have to carry that with you anymore. That there's a God that loves you so much and he's just saying, would you just give it to me? Why do you carry this around with you? And if you turn to verse 11, you know, and here's here's how we do that. It says, we also pray that you'll be strengthened with all his glorious power so that you'll have all the endurance and patience you need. It's about God's power in your life that you try to carry it on yourself. It's gonna weigh you down. You're never gonna get over this because you're not using God's power. The last word that Jesus says when he ascends into heaven, he died on the cross, he's resurrected, and he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. How come we don't walk in God's power? I think so often we think, well, we'll just put that on the shelf. If if things get really bad, then we'll start asking for that. You know, God wants you to have his power every single day. That we can walk in the power of God's salvation every single day. It's about the Holy Spirit in you. And so as you're carrying these burdens from your past, these burdens from yesterday, these burdens from this morning, God's just saying, you know, would you just give that to me? Would you just embrace who I am? Because I did the work. He rescues us so that we can live a life of victory. We can live a life of victory. And so often we don't. Yeah, I guess that question is, how's that working for you? It doesn't work very well because that's not God's design. His design is to carry your burdens. His design is to care for you as his child. Today is a day of victory. And here in a few minutes, you're going to be invited. Just come up and say, God, I've been carrying blank. Whatever fills in that blank for you, I've been carrying this. I just want to give it to you today. And I know when your head hits the pillow, you know what fills in that blank. My struggles at work, my desire for pride, or my desi- because of my pride, my desire for achievement and power, my desire for influence, you know, my hurts from my childhood, my hurts in my marriage, my hurts with my kids. You know what, God's just saying, would you just give that to me today? I can give you victory in that so you can walk in some freedom. So you're gonna be given an opportunity to experience that today. You know, the third one 
You know, God talks about, he's a God that renews. You know, in Colossians 3, if you turn over to verse 10, you know, we heard Dan, uh, if you're here a couple weeks ago, he had two football jerseys up here. And he said, that's kind of what identity is. We wear our identity, you know, he's talking about this 49er jersey that's dirty and stinky and all that stuff. And, but you know what? When we come to Christ, he's saying, you got to take off this old self and put on your new self. Like Paul says in 2 Corinthians, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Yet as believers, sometimes we so want this old self to be back on us. We forget who we are in Christ. We forget who we are. And and so he says in Colossians 3.10, put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. You know, and so often we let the world define who we are. You know, as a school teacher for years, I saw it in my classrooms. Classmates would define what other classmates, who they are. We let the world define who we are. And that's not how we're supposed to live. We're supposed to live by letting this book define who we are. And what does God say in his book? He says, you are a son of the king. You are a daughter of the king. You are not who the world says you are. You are who I say you are. And there's victory. He says, you have been adopted into his family with all rights and privileges that God gives. So why do we keep going back to what the world says? Why do we let that comment some eighth grade kid made to us years ago linger with defining us? Why do we let that comment that in, your, in a broken relationship with your parents define us? Why do we let what our boss said define us? Or what maybe a spouse said or somebody you know, why does that define us? That shouldn't define us. What defines us is what God says. You are a new creation. Bought with a price. You're not your own. You're his. So people, I, God's saying Come to me. God's saying, would you embrace who I have for you to be? That's where fullness comes. That's where victory comes. And it doesn't matter if you're five, 50, or 100. It's a struggle. I know it's a struggle on this earth to let the world define who we are. And God's saying, would you let me do it? Would you let me renew it? And then the fourth thing that Paul talks about is he is a God that restores. He's a God that restores. You know, in Colossians 3.12, it says, since God chose you to be holy people he loves, clothe yourself with mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds them all together in perfect harmony. People, I know you've been hurt by people, and you know it. You know some of those hurts that you hang on to, that you have been unable to forgive, and it just lingers and lingers, and it steals your joy. And I know some of you in this room, 
You have big hurts. Today, God's saying, can I restore that? Can I restore the joy in your life? Can I restore that? Come into the place of just saying, God, I'm going to choose to forgive that person in your strength. Because you know what? It's, it's like a shackle. It's like a shackle that at first is so light you can't even feel it until it becomes so heavy you can't even break it. And God's saying, be restored today. To come to that spot and just say, God, I know I can't do this. The hurt is deep, but it's going to be a first step. It's going to be a first step. And so, you know, as we wrap up today, you know, we're going to have an opportunity for you just to do some business with God. For some of you, it's to come forward and just say, God, I want to become a Christ follower today. I want to quit playing house and be serious about my faith and make that decision and move my faith from here to here. For some of you, it's I want to find victory today. Those hurts and habits and hangups I have, I, I want to just lay them down today and begin to walk in the victory that comes through the power of God. The third area for some of you is, God, I, I want to embrace the identity that you have and I want to quit being defined by what others say who I am and to say, God, I'm your child. I'm going to start walking in that. And then the fourth one is to come forward and just, God, I want to begin restoring relationship. I want to just lay this relationship at your feet and say, God, would you work on it? Would you begin healing it? Because I can't do it in my own flesh. I can't do it on my own. But God can do it. So let's pray. God, you're so good and holy and just and you can do all things you're the God that puts the planets into motion and the stars into place you knit us together in the womb you know every hair on our head and you can heal any of this you made the lame walk you made the blind see you raised the dead to life you can restore and transform our heart and we believe that today so God, as we sing, Father, I pray that you would just prompt us to come do some business with you. And God, we just give you praise for that. In Jesus' name, amen.